everybody. Uh, thank you for being here again today. Happy Mother's Day once again to our lovely women, our mamas in our midst. Uh, today we are so privileged and lucky and fortunate to have Leroy with us. He's going to be speaking to us. Um, uh, Rizpa, I'm just wondering how many who are listening today um, have heard of who Rizpa even, I mean, this is what I, I love about this, is we're uh, taking some some maybe not so familiar names and not so familiar people that are in our text and um, getting some perspective today. So without further ado, handing this on over to Leroy this morning. Hey, good morning. Uh, it is good to be here. It's good to to be with y'all and uh, happy Mother's Day uh, to all of our mothers, um, to um, our wives that are mothers, to uh, my mom is all the way in, in Philadelphia, so she's three, 4,000 miles away, so uh, missing her this morning. Uh, for uh, my people like my wife, whose mothers have passed away, we honor their memories uh, this morning. So. Um, thank you, and thanks for the worship time. Uh, I am, uh, I'm going to read um, from Second uh, Samuel, and I, uh, I can see the chat right above my head, so uh, as things kind of go on there, the, the, the great thing about online now is that we can, uh, we can interact. We interact in a different way, so uh, throw some amens on that chat, you know, if that... Uh, if that's that'll help. That'll help. That'll help. Um, so let me read from um, from Second Samuel twenty one. During the reign of David, there was a famine for three successive years. So David sought the face of the Lord. The Lord said, "It is on account of Saul and his blood-stained house. It is because he put the Gibeonites to death." The king summoned the Gibeonites and spoke to them. Now, the Gibeonites were not a part of Israel, but were survivors of the Amorites. The Israelites had sworn to spare them, but Saul and his zeal for Israel and Judah had tried to annihilate them. David asked the Gibeonites, what shall I do for you? How shall I make atonement so that you will bless the Lord's inheritance? The Gibeonites answered him, we have no right to demand silver or gold from Saul or his family, nor do we have the right to put anyone in Israel to death. What do you want me to do, David asked. They answered the king, as for the man who destroyed us and plotted against us so that we have been decimated and have no place anywhere in Israel, let seven of his male descendants be given to us to be killed and their bodies exposed before the Lord at, Gil at, uh, Lord at Gilbiah Saul, the Lord's chosen one. So the king said, I will give them to you. The king spared Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, because the oath before the Lord between David and Jonathan's son, Saul. But the king took Armani and Mephibosheth, the two sons of Aya's daughter, Rizpah, whom she had borne to Saul together with the five sons of Saul's daughter, whom she had borne to Adriel, son of uh, Barzillia and uh, Mahephalite, sorry about these names, he handed them over to the Gibeonites who killed them and exposed their bodies on a hill before the Lord. 
All seven of them fell together. They were put to death during the first days of the harvest, just as the barley harvest was beginning. And that's the backstory. Where I want to concentrate today is the next few verses. Uh, and uh, and we will, we'll concentrate our, our study here. Rizpah, daughter of Aya, took sackcloth and spread it out for herself on a rock. From the beginning of the harvest till the rain poured down from the heavens on the bodies, she did not let the birds touch them by day or wild animals by night. When David was told what Aya's daughter Rizpah, Saul's concubine, had done, he went and took the bones of Saul and his son, Jonathan, from the citizens of Jesbah Gilead. They had stolen their bodies from the public square at Bethshan, where the Philistines had hung them after they struck down Saul on Gilbah. David brought the bones of Saul and his son, Jonathan, from there, and the bones of those who had been killed and exposed were gathered up. They buried the bones of Saul and his son, Jonathan, in the tomb of Saul's father, Kish, at Zelah and Benjamin, and did everything the king commanded. After that, God answered prayer in behalf of the land. Now, I know some of you are thinking, like, what kind of Mother's Day sermon is this, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I get it. Um, I have actually made a commitment this year um, to preach mostly on stories of women in the Bible. So uh, anytime that I'm, I'm preaching uh, and get the honor to preach, it, it probably is going to be a story about one of these fantastic women. Um, and this, this story um, is the same. So the story starts with a famine in the land, right? And, and we're going to come back to that famine. Uh, but there's a famine. Uh, and uh, this famine, you know, is because of whatever reason, Saul and his, you know, his sons and his, you know, uh, his wives and all kinds of stuff. Um, uh, that, so, so God allowed a, a famine, right? Uh, and their way to, to, to deal with some of this famine um, was political, right? The first, first nine verses in chapter 21 are all about all of their troubles as kings and their families and what's going on and who did what and who killed whom and all this kind of stuff and how they were going to resolve it. It was, it was this, this political moment, right? This, these politics playing out about who owns land and all these kinds of things, right? Uh, and, and that plays out. Um, and what happens is Rizpah's sons get put to death as the politics play out, right? Uh, and uh, this is where uh, we want to start because uh, this mother, Rizpah, uh, her sons are uh, caught up in the midst of a political uh, battle of sorts. Uh, who gets what and 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 people are involved. Who who owns the rights to these people? And I can give these people to these people, and they can kill these people, and all of these kinds of kinds of things is is what's going on here. Rispa become gets caught in the middle of that, and her son's killed. Kind of like what we're hearing today in the midst 
of political situations in the midst of us, all of us dealing with a pandemic and what's going on and, and, and who's saying what the doctors or the president or the you know vice president or, or it, the CDC and all of this stuff, all the while vulnerable communities are being affected. Moms losing their children, people losing their parents, and all we are hearing is political jargon and rhetoric, unlike, not unlike what is going on here for RISPA. So RISPA, it says, put on sackcloth and ashes. We know if you study scripture, say anything, sackcloth and ashes is a sign of mourning. This mother had lost her sons, two of them, uh, who were who were killed by the government of the time, uh, and she decides that she is going to mourn her sons. Right, that uh, after the state takes care of its business and uses her sons as pawns, as not even human, Rizpa decides I'm going to mourn my sons, and this. This section starts with Rizpa gets sackcloth and ashes and she lays it out on a rock to honor her sons. I like to think this woman of color, because this, you know, had made up her mind that her sons would be honored as human beings. Rizpa was going to honor her sons. Now, now, there's other stuff here in the midst that I want to unpack a little bit. One, they, the, like, uh, uh, when you hear Rizpa, uh, it, it says the daughter of such and such, the wife of such and such, right? Here it says Saul's concubine. They describe her based on her oppression, a concubine. Not according to who she was in her family. Not her love for her boys, not a mother, right? Uh, not her strong resolve, this, this person who's deciding to go up against the government on her own. She isn't described that way. Her strength isn't described. Her, her love for her family isn't described. But what the way we get her description it's through these men of power who describe her as a concubine and who kill her sons. And they uh, are taking control of the story, but Rizba would not let that happen. Rizba is taking control of the story and the dignity of her own sons. Much like many moms and women of color we know today who have lost their boys to the government. The other thing is, come on, like Rizba didn't decide she was going to be Saul's concubine, right? Like, 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 like this, she didn't decide one day that she was going to go to the king and be his concubine. She didn't decide she was going to go to and, and, uh, uh, Abner, somebody else's son was going to, she was going to be with them. She didn't decide that. 
That was decided for her. They decided that she was going to do this. This wasn't a time when a woman had these decisions. We know this is true all throughout scripture. Like, 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 like the same with Bathsheba. She didn't decide she was going to go uh, uh, be with David and have a kid. She didn't decide that David did, right? Like, like, like this happens over and over through scripture. And we have taken scripture and, and put these labels and these names on women that men created out of their own sin and out of their own controlling of narratives. Rizpah, a mama, takes control of the narrative here. And it's quite powerful. She gets in sackcloth and ashes. What did she do? Let's, let's jump to that. Like, like, let's look at what she did. First thing it says is that she kept the birds away, right? That they would hang these bodies up uh, to desecrate them even more, not give them and honor them with a proper burial, uh, honoring of who they were as people, right? Letting family and mother say goodbye. No, they decided to hang these folks up so that the birds could eat their flesh and Rizbot would have no part of that. And she kept the birds away from her sons. See, see, I, I like to liken Rizba uh, to today's mother. And uh, uh, today I wanna honor these mothers, these women of color uh, who, are, who are raising boys who are coming up against the system. The birds, if you will, of the system of these moms dealing with the death penalty for their boys and crooked police, uh, uh, their boys uh, filling up the discipline roles in school. You go into most schools and these entity systems and there's boys of color who are in trouble and in principal's office, the birds of discipline who gets followed in stores when they go in just to shop, right? Uh, 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 racially profile when all they do is drive down the street or go jogging, stop and frisk on the streets, stand your ground uh, rules in certain states where if these, if these boys decide to defend themselves, they get shot and killed. These are the birds that our women are keeping away from their sons. And this is the honor and the dignity that Rispa wanted to give her sons, that they are human beings. And she kept the birds away. The other thing that Rispa did, it says that Rispa uh, stood even as the rain fell. This was a personal sacrifice of her own body that she decided to go through to honor her boys. The rain didn't stop her resolve. And we honor the resolve of mothers 
that the hardship that many face in life as mothers doesn't stop the care that they give to their children. Some children sitting in prison, some moms dealing with homelessness after abuse and divorce. Their boys, their boys are uh, uh, questioning their and their children questioning their own self worth, and moms standing there with them in the rain of that of that process. Police called on them over and over again. Moms keeping the birds away at their own. Uh, even struggling on their own, waving their arms, if you will, at the birds, bearing up under the rain falling on them, working long hours alone. Right, uh, 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 doing things. I I, I honor my own wife. Uh, uh, and part of this and that, uh, 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 get running for school board after our girls, our children said, mom, we need you to do this, right? Take your time. We, I know it's going to cost you time. I know you got to run for this, but mom, like, can you stand in this place for us? And she, there are mothers that take up work and stuff that tire them for their children. Thank you. Thinking about a mom that I know when we were in Atlanta uh, and my tears well up in because uh, her name's Justina and she has this incredible ministry in Atlanta and she entered this as a mom to take care of the community where she lives. The rain falls on these moms and they continue to chase the birds away, waving their arms, screaming at the top of their lungs, doing whatever is needed to honor their children. And David says, and then, 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 then the scripture says this part, and I, you know, this part's kind of kind of fun. David noticed, it says. David took note. She has spent five months keeping birds away in the rain, right? Uh, Self-sacrificing. And then David notices. This woman had been out there for five months. She took, you know, if, I, if, I, if we could bring this up a little bit, it really rings true this idea of be not weary in well-doing for in due season you will reap if you faint not. He noticed, right? He noticed, right? Uh, because she was diligent and that God was faithful. Not because he was some great guy. He got her in this. He noticed because of her diligence and God's faithfulness. And God says, I will turn the heart of the king as I want. This isn't David's victory. David shouldn't be lifted up. This is Rispa's diligence and God's faithfulness. 
So he buries them. He buries their sons. And the scripture goes on to say he pulls these bodies out and he buries them next to Saul and Saul's kids and all of this great stuff that David did. I, you know, I like, so what? David was responsible for this. He put those boys in a place to be killed in the first place. I do not honor David because he brings, he buries them in the right way. I honor their mother. Rispa, who took five months to, to mourn before God to move the heart of this king. There are moms out there that we can count on that help move the hearts of kings. I'm grateful for Ahmad's killers getting arrested, but not on May 8th. They should have been arrested on February 23rd. Right? They 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 should have been arrested long before that. I'm not I'm not grateful. I'm not celebrating this these law enforcers. I am sure there was a faithful mom, grandmom, auntie somewhere that was doing what Rizba does in these scriptures. Constantly before these people saying, honor my son that you shot down in the streets. Honor my son that you shot down in the streets. To move someone to release a video. And then the arm of justice gets the moving. Last point. The scripture says the famine was lifted. Go back to the top of the story. That there was a three-year famine in the land. Who was responsible for getting the attention of God that that famine would be lifted? Rizba. The sacrifice and commitment of Rizba brings freedom to the entire land. Rizba breaks the famine because she stayed before God. And David had no choice but to respond. More children ate. Justice began to move. Provision begins to come because of the faithfulness of Rispa. And she moves the heart of God to lift a famine. Not David not those kings, not that political system, but a mother who gets in sackcloth and ashes, who keeps the birds away through the rain and brings dignity 
to her sons. And God honors that by lifting a famine from the land. Mothers mark all of scripture. We're going through Exodus and the Exodus story doesn't begin with Moses. It begins with his mother and her group of Hebrew midwives as they go up against Pharaoh. Moses is a product of his mom's faithfulness. Moms are a catalyst to freedom. Like, like David's grandmother, if you want to say something good about David, his grandmother was Ruth, who honored Naomi. Her commitment moved them towards the marriage of her and Boaz and their grandson, David, then defeats Goliath. It is the story and commitment of Ruth that brings healing. Let us honor the Rizpahs in our lives and around us on this day. God bless you. Amen. Thank you, Leroy. Thank you for that word. Um, still sitting with so much of that um, powerful imagery and powerful language. And um, so powerful. Um, the phrase, two phrases that keep coming back to me in this, um, just the, the imagery and the language around keeping the birds away and um, the metaphor that that is in our particular context is powerful. Um, I'm going to be sitting with that for quite a while, I think. And, um, and then the realization you, you said at the end, mothers are a catalyst to freedom and, um, and giving us so many examples and of, of seeing that throughout scripture and, um, the ways in which those lives and those words and those actions have diminished, been diminished in our history because of the ways that they've been presented through the lens of, of um, the oppressors, through the lens of, of conquerors. Um, but it's so good to, to look with that lens at scripture and, and see what God is doing and who he invites into his liberating work and who he hears and who he listens to. So thank you for that. This morning, Leroy, we'll keep sitting in that. Eric and Jamie and team, I will send it back over to you. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, Leroy. Um, yeah, we, we really wanted to respond to that. And so we're going to just leave a few minutes um, and we're going to play and um, we'll see where it goes from there. But I would encourage folks out there to... Um, yeah, consider those words, consider those images, and uh, let's pray together and, and see how we are propelled forward through this. So.
Let your love arise. Let your love arise. 